Hello, this is Rob McDougall from Zang Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, October the 2nd. So last week, in terms of economic data, pretty full week. We had some, I'd say, pretty impactful news items. Uh, first of all, last week, consumer confidence came in. This is the conference board's measure, not University of Michigan. Uh, but this one came in weak. This is the third month in a row that it has been down. The consumer confidence level came in at 103. It was expected at 105. So uh, I would call that a negative data point. And uh, same day, we had the new home sales, which also came in below expectations. Expectations were 695, 695,000 came in at 675. So that would suggest maybe a little bit of slowing between those two items. Um, and on Friday, we received uh, what I think was very favorable inflation news. Inflation is by far at the top of the list, maybe the top of the list in terms of concerns investors have and the Federal Reserve for that matter. Uh, but the PCE measure, personal consumption expenditure, which is what the Federal Reserve uses primarily for policy decision making, uh, came in on Friday. The PCE itself came in in line 0.4% month over month. But the good component here is PCE Core, PCE Last Food and Energy, came in at 0.1 month over month versus 0.2 expectations. So better than expected, better than I expected, really kind of thought that might tick up with the increase that we've seen in oil prices, but wasn't the case. It came in at 0.1, which is favorable. And also same day we had personal income and personal spending, and both of those were expected to come in at a half a percent increase month over month. They both came in at 0.4%. So I'd say the news that came out Friday, PCE, personal income, personal spending, those were all favorable, I think, for future inflation. So in terms of uh, how the markets reacted to all this last week, first of all, let's just take a look at the expectation now for Fed rate increases. Um, the Fed just had their meeting two weeks ago. And it was pretty clear that they would likely raise one more time. The market doesn't believe that's going to happen, but they got closer to believing last week. So the expectation for the November 1st FOMC rate decision uh, had been 81, 82% chance probability the week before that there would not be an increase. That dropped down a little bit last week, down to 69%. And then when we take a look at the year end, what the expectations were, had been about a 60% odds that we would have no change between now and the end of the year. That dropped a little bit as well, down to about 55%. So the markets are starting to embrace the idea, a little closer to embracing the idea that we will have one more Fed increase by the end of the year. In terms of inflation expectations, as we look at the 10-year break-even, that has been rock solid and very surprising, very little volatility when we look back to April it's been very steady, about 2.3, 2.35. Last week, it finished at 2.35, so not much to report there. But the one thing I do find surprising, we just finished the third quarter on Friday. And in terms of GDP expectations, we look at the Atlanta Federal Reserve's Fed now changes every week, or they review it every week, sometimes more changes in one a week. Anyways, that concluded the quarter at a positive 4.9%. Off to say, Given many of the other data points that we've, we've seen, that number looks high. But as I've said several times on this podcast, the Atlanta Federal Reserve has actually been spot on. Last six quarters, they've been particularly good at hitting the number for the quarter. So 
That's it for economic data last week. Uh, in terms of how the markets react to this economic data, um, equities and fixed income here in the U.S. both down. So S&P 500 last week down 0.7%. So that takes a year-to-date gain down to 13.1%, still a very solid start to the year. Uh, what uh, kind of stood out last week was a Russell 2000 surprisingly outperformed. Often when you have down markets, uh, large caps lead. In this case, small cap, cap clawed back some, uh, some of the gains uh, or some of the territory. They lost a large cap earlier in the year. So the Russell 2000 was actually up 0.6%. And again, S&P down minus 0.7. Uh, in terms of value versus growth last week, uh, growth definitely outperformed value. Growth was just slightly positive. Value down a negative 0.9%. I already mentioned the large versus small. The large was down 70 basis points last week. Small cap in the U.S. of 53 basis points. So we often point out the fact uh, the difference between the U.S. Uh, market returns and the international uh, holds true for most of this year. Uh, S&P 500 did outperform the MSCI World XUS. Again, the uh, S&P 500 was down 71 basis points at MSCI World XUS was down 160. China again, another tough week, down 1.3%. Year to date, China down 9.2. In terms of fixed income last week, rates have been rising. Uh, longer intermediate to longer term, rates have been increasing. Both the two and the 10 year up, uh, two year up eight basis points last week, 10 year up 13 basis points. So the Bloomberg U.S. bond index last week down almost a full percent, minus 0.96. So the year to date now on bonds, negative, negative 1.2%. And what really hurt last week, of course, long-duration bonds, the Bloomberg U.S. government long-term float-adjusted bond index, that was down 2.8% last week, and now for the year is a negative 8.5%. For us, for our clients, it's not good to see, but uh, not horrible because uh, we do not own these bonds uh, throughout client portfolios. We've shortened duration over the last three years. Just want to point out the fact that uh, long-term bonds, even government AAA guaranteed um, with rising interest rates, they can lose large uh, sums of money, large percentages, just like equities. So this week in terms of economic activity, uh, kind of a light week. Started off today, ISM Manufacturing Index. The prior was 47.6, supposed to be up just fractionally 47.8. I'll point out if it is below 50, that will mark the 11th consecutive month that the ISM PMI Manufacturing Index has been below 50, and 50 is a cutoff line between expansion above 50 and contraction below 50. Same thing holds for the ISM non-manufacturing or service index, although that has consistently been above 50. So uh, last month it was at 54.5. is expected to drop just a little bit. So for the month of September, it was expected to come in at 53.7. Uh, finally, this week, Friday, non-farm payrolls, a lot of attention going to be paid to that. Expectation is we'll come in at around 158,000 new jobs for the month of September. Uh, for the month of August, where we're 187 uh, new jobs. 
I'll point out that the three-month rolling average uh, coming into this month, the three-month rolling average was 150,000 new jobs. But if you back that up just three months before May, three months prior going into May, that was over 250,000 new jobs a month. So clearly, new job creation has been slowing over the last several months. Lastly, average hourly earnings. We watch this for consumers, whether or not they're keeping up with inflation or not. If it holds, uh, they would. Uh, the expectation is average hourly earnings will be up a 0.3% month over month for September versus a 0.2 in August. So that's it for this week for the economic recap. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope to see you again next week. Thank you.